0: You don't want to see him just sort of die apart, failure. you want to see them blow the fucker up. Exactly.
1: Yeah. You know, it's also amazing to think that that monster is just a guy in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you've turned the crowd against you. See what you've done.
0: <laughs> Yay! 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 ha, <laughs> ha.
1: Love that Hello. Gateway Film Center crowd. <laughs> Welcome. This is Fright Club Live once a month. We do it live here at Gateways. we love to do. And uh, it's always such a fun time, so we've got another great crowd. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from madwolf.com talking about Sea beasts. We are. And showing a great movie tonight and a few great ones to uh, to talk about as we count them down. Our top five. We've got five this time, right? We do to have one. five because you to don't one. let me
0: do fuzzy math in the live yeah, events. Yeah, well, the live events, it gets, it's hard. It long.
1: Hard to do fuzzy fuzzy math, but we got five good ones, and uh, we want to say first of all, we want to say, do we have the slide? We do. Are you ready with the slide? We have been nominated. Fright Club has been nominated for the first annual Columbus Podcast Awards.
0: Yay! Thank Yay! you very much. We
1: appreciate that. So if you haven't already, we'd love for you sometime to uh, vote. The uh, winner is picked. The winners in different categories are picked by online voting throughout the month of May. So you just vote at com, and uh, we are in the TV and film category and also at the end...
0: You can vote for us for Podcast of the Year.
1: If you are so inclined. If you are so inclined. Love if you were so inclined. So thank you for the nomination, whoever's uh, idea that was. <laughs> we, we, we love you. And uh, yeah, and actually the... Awards are going to be presented here at Gateway uh, next month. So hopefully. We know how to
0: get here. So that's a plus.
1: (laughs) I think they have a cot for us somewhere (laughs) in the back. But so much stuff going on here. In fact, this is just like action-packed announcements here. That's right. On the Fright Club. Uh, Get ready. You ready for this? Hit that next slide. The Dead Don't Die. We have the
0: motherfucking premiere of The Dead Don't Die at the next Fright Club. (laughs)
1: Man, I'll tell you what. Everybody, <gasps> if, you, if you're like us, and you, you probably are, you were so geeked about this movie anyway. So geeked. And uh, we are so thankful to Cicely from uh, the Owens Group for really arranging this for us. Basically, just coming to us and asking us if we would like to have this for yeah, Fright Club. Yeah, she and we're said, like, you know, are it you kidding? opens
0: on the 14th, yeah. but if you want it to be your June Fright Club, you can show it on the 12th. And I yeah. was like, let me think, yes? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, it's 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 Jim Jarmusch, a director who we love anyway, and it's a zombie film, as they say, with the greatest cast ever disassembled. That's right, and uh, you probably Adam know Driver. a lot about it. Ghouls. Yeah, Ghouls, Bill Murray, Tilda Swinton, the works, and, Iggy uh,
0: Pop, Iggy Pop, Tammy.
1: <laughs> so uh, we've got we've got an event <laughs> made even on, on the this. Mad Wolf Columbus Facebook page. We've got an event made, and we probably will be posting about you know if there's passes involved, anything like that. Just exactly how they're going to handle the passes for the screening but I wanted to get the information out there and we look forward to seeing everybody back on June the 12th as we as we do a podcast on our favorite horror movies f- featuring Starring this cast Yeah so there's That's some...
0: that's basically how we're going to break it down because yeah. so many people in this film have already have been in other great horror movies so that's how we're going to break yeah, it so, down Yeah so man we're
1: excited about that but another horror movie a lot of people are looking forward to. It comes out uh, a week later on June 21st, and that's the new Child's Play.
0: And the reason we bring this up is because our good friend Corey Metcalf, he has the Rewatch podcast, and they are watching all of the Child's Play films in preparation, so you can check that out if you are also eager for the uh, 21st to arrive.
1: And as far as the last uh, Fright Club podcast, we want to say thanks to our buddy Daniel Baldwin from that's Bloody right. Disgusting. And the, the schlocketeer. Love that, the yeah, schlocketeer. awesome. He uh, sat in with us to talk about Horror movie hippies, man. That's right, he did. And we got some feedback.
0: We did. Actually, it's one of those ones. Sometimes I don't know which one of our topics are going to hit, and this one seemed to go over pretty well. And there was a little bit of controversy on the episode because George really hated, full-on hated, two of the movies that I chose. Full-on hated. But I'm in the
1: minority. You You have the crowd on your side, and I know that.
0: Well, except Silas. So, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things came in at number five, and Silas agreed with you that it was turrible. So, he thinks it's terrible. <laughs> he gave it to Charles Barkley. Terrible, he, he gave it to Charles Barkley. But everybody else loves it, and that's yeah, fine. You guys, everybody else you guys to be, go. Uh, Tom likes it. Uh, uh, people seem to be happy with I'll it. I'll be
1: over here watching a that's musical. That's right.
0: You'll be over there watching a musical. Exactly. Which we're um, going to do tonight. Hint, and, hint. Uh, and also, actually, Beer Not One, so he, he loved it very much, and he said some nice things on Twitter. So we want to say hey to him. And then Dave, our friend, Phantom Dark Dave, he liked it a lot, but he had a bone to pick because he felt like uh, Last House on the Left should have been on the list. And I did sort of kick it around. I'm like, I don't think they're hippies, but he had a great argument. He said they were buying pot on the way to a concert. That seemed like a very hippie thing to do. (laughs) All right. I got to give him that. I got to.
1: Speaking of uh, Dark Dave, he has his own podcast, Dave's Pop Culture Podcast, and he had our West Coast correspondent, Jenny, <laughs> Jenny right. on. And they they had a really fun conversation, but they gave a lot of love to the Fright Club. They and so, did. So we have to give a lot of love back. We yeah.
0: do, even though Dave admitted he doesn't like the silence of the lambs.
1: Wow. I know. Woo. Don't you blaspheme in here. I know. Don't you blaspheme in here. But, but they no, made we, up for it by saying many, many nice
0: things. They, about did. Us. they did. And uh, it's one of his shoot the breeze episodes. We've yeah. been on one of his shoot the breeze episodes. They're fun.
1: Yeah, so we appreciate that. So all right, we've rambled, we've got to get to this list. It is it is Sea Beast. We should probably mention really quickly a couple that didn't make the list, especially one that we really went back and forth on, making it number five, and that is the creature from the Black Lagoon. Um because
0: yeah sure. Well, no, there's some grumbling in the audience. I knew this was gonna cause some it's, trouble. It, it's a classic. Oh, okay. It's a classic
1: sea beast. And it, it's one of those. We, we, we're not going to go into it too much, but watch it today through the lens today. And it's got some issues. Yeah, uh, it's got yeah. some social issues it about does.
0: it. It has some. And I've tried to watch it a number of times
1: when it came to top five. We thought we just that was the bottom line. We said, OK, which one is a better movie? We and it was did, pretty obvious
0: that we uh, went with
1: this one, number five. And it's the American nuclear weapons testing results in the creation of a seemingly unstoppable dinosaur-like beast, the original from 1954, Gojira. Now, most of you probably already know this, but every time we talk about this movie, we feel like we should point out that we're not talking about Godzilla King of the Monsters. No. Which is the one the American reimagining. Version. Yeah. And I'll be honest, when I when I when I saw that one that version as a kid, for many years I thought when somebody said, you know, Godzilla or even this, I thought that's the one they were talking about. So There's confusion out there. I think a lot
0: of people do think that. And that was really, they just took the original, uh, Shiro Honda's original, and then they just cut in, spliced in Ironside. What's his name? (laughs) Raymond Burr. (laughs) (laughs) They just sort of stuck him in places, like looking at papers, saying, this is crazy. And then it was the weirdest. But no, it's the original, which is obviously, it was really the the kickoff of the creature feature craze of the 50s. It was a reaction, of course, to uh, World War II, the Japanese reaction to sort of science run amok. Yes, there, it's a guy in a rubber suit, sure, and there are a handful of scenes that look pretty cheesy and stupid, but on the whole, I think this movie holds up brilliantly.
1: Well, it, it does look that way by today's standards, but at the time, it was really groundbreaking mm-hmm. in its special effects, and, and one of the things that you've got to love Ingenuity for, really the underwater footage of Godzilla was just, they called it dry-wet, where they just basically filmed it with an aquarium in front of the camera yeah. with fish in it. <laughs> um, you know, um, ah. when you think about that, that's pretty effing genius, really. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Maybe it was one of some of those hippies from the last podcast oh, yeah. going, what you know it? what we do, man? We just get that aquarium, put it right that's there. That's right. Uh, and it worked. And, of course, it's got the, the guy in the suit. But, again, like, like you said, uh, they, they thought at the time, I think they toyed with trying for some Harryhausen-type stop-motion stuff Just too expensive. So uh, what they what they did for what they had was pretty darn influential. I think over the years, especially when this became one of the first, probably after Rashomon, Japanese films to break through to a worldwide audience
0: oh yeah I, they made a couple of bucks they probably could have <laughs> they probably could have uh, sprung for the Harryhausen but um and, you know, I mean yeah it's also one of the most beloved franchise and is to the test of time like very few others in cinematic history. yeah I think that at horror. the last
1: count I could be wrong they they, they credit almost 40 sequels <laughs> after this original movie and, of course, and a new one later this and a summer. new one that That's I know right. Peter is excited to see oh yeah uh, <laughs> we're kidding yeah nice which should be. Is that coming out later this year? Uh, yeah, the next it's coming Godzilla out month. All right. But the original is number five on our list of sea beasts. And I, I just found out in, in doing some research for this that I thought was interesting. The original name, um, Gojira, was a combination of gorilla and whale. So it's like the gorilla whale I see. monster, which is pretty damn scary when you think about it.
0: No, it's not at all scary.
1: No? The sea beast, a gorilla whale? No. Yes. It's not. You're scared. You're running from that <laughs> all the time. That's number five. So let's move it up to uh, number four on our list of sea beasts. This is from 2003, and it's based on a true story of two scuba divers accidentally stranded in shark-infested waters after their tour boat has left open water.
0: Daniel, where's the boat?
1: That's a good question
0: as we are stuck in the middle of the ocean.
1: Oh, God. Oh. Oh, it's OK. It's OK. I
0: just can't be
1: happening.
0: Uh, oh, God. Something's rubbing against my foot. Are you all uh, right? You uh, didn't uh, uh, It's going to be OK. <laughs> So two things about when we screened this movie, because we got a chance to screen it before it came out and and review it for the other paper back in the day. One was we were about to leave for vacation to scuba dive for the first time. That's true. Yeah. And then, and the other one is that it was a radio station event and George's colleague and John Dean's wife, Heather, came with us. And she goes, did you know it's based on true events, I can't believe they survived it. And it was just the look on my face, like, maybe you shouldn't come.
1: (laughs) Spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah, this is it. Really, is in, in, incredibly chilling to think about, especially when you're getting ready to scuba dive. But this was is based on a true event from 1998. A couple of scuba divers in Australia, and in the real uh, event, the boat, the, the the people, the team of uh, that took them out to scuba dive didn't even realize they were missing for two days oh. after they were gone. So it's yeah, it's it's incredibly chilling. But this this was filmed over two and a half years. And it was done with no special effects. It was all shark wranglers and some well-placed uh, tuna, some bloody tuna bait in there in the water with those actors, which is, man, that's, that's, that's some trust in the shark wranglers, oh my God. I think. But as you can imagine, it creates such a sense of, of dread and of, of fear for what's under the, like she says in the trailer, you know, something just went past my leg. Yeah. You know, you can't see it. But the fact that what might be under there and is probably under there is just chilling.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting to me. So the, the writer, director, editor, producer, guy who did everything. Chris, Chris Kentis. Kentis. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to me. He's only really done one, one other film. He remade The Silent House and uh, hasn't done much really else, which yeah. surprised me because this was a, a splashy opening. I mean, it was uh, uh, an amazingly um, compelling, terrifying Very authentic, and and that's what I think is is one of the biggest problems with sea creature films, is it's very hard to capture any sort of authenticity. But he really does it, not just in the filming, not just in The Real Sharks, but also in the relationship between the two leads. They seem very much like a married couple. They just... Yeah. Um, It's uh, the whole movie to me. I think that's what really sells it is that I feel like not only is it based on a true story, it just feel like feels like it's actually happening in front of you.
1: And also for fans of another uh, Seabees movie that is probably going to be on this list here in a few minutes. uh, You don't really see or hear the uh, last names of the two characters. You see their last names on their scuba I.D. cards. And one last name is Watkins and the other is Kittner. Which is right out of Jaws. Yes, you know Chrissy, uh, the original, the the first victim, first victim. in Jaws is named Watkins, and the little boy that gets uh, that gets eaten is Alex Kinder. Which is a nice nice tip of the hat, yeah. uh, to Jaws from Open Water. And they made they made at least one sequel. Was It just one.
0: Yeah, open no, water? there's two. There's two more. Two and I, three. I've, I've seen the two second isn't one. Terrible. No, it's not terrible.
1: No. And uh, th- that's the the main thing about now. It's it's interesting now when I have I haven't scuba dived in a few years, but I always think of this movie when they go through the calling of the role when you're on the boat and when you get back in the boat you know they call it and you have to say here or whatever and i always think to myself what measures did they not take like that back in 1998 and so so that we won't be left behind because that would uh that would suck real bad here's why you
0: won't be left behind
1: because you don't scuba dive anymore. i don't
0: scuba dive anymore so there's no chance that, they're going to leave him behind. Yeah, she, she, so. she retired. I did. So
1: you're, you're my spotter, so That's I appreciate right. that. So from 2003, Open Water is number four on our list. And moving up to number three, it's the one we're going to see tonight, and I hope you're all ready to sing, because it's a musical. From 2015 in Warsaw, a pair of mermaid sisters are adopted into a cabaret. One seeks love with humans, the other hungers to dine on the human population of the city, the Lure. Well, once again, we didn't get too many hands when we asked how many people saw the movie tonight, which is great. I love that we've kind of stolen away, as we like to do. Got a little quiet time to talk about this uh, amongst ourselves and not spoil anything. Not
0: make out. That's not why we stole away. (laughs) Oh, maybe. (laughs) Uh,
1: But I think this one especially might get some mixed reactions because it's so different, and you can tell people, and you can laugh, and you can say, hey, it's a Polish mermaid vampire. Musical. Yeah. Uh, But then it's a kind of a movie that is just going to make people go, okay. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but other, but I think other people are going to absolutely love it.
0: I think you're right, and I think one of the things that is tough to completely follow clearly. It, so it's set in Poland, in 1983. There's a lot of political allegory here about Poland sort of giving up their own culture, giving up who they are to embrace this Western culture that was coming in at the time, which you can see in a lot of the film uh, in terms of the songs that they're playing and the, and and you know sort of the glam that they're that they're uh, running after but also in the core story, which is, to a great degree, less bloodshed, but still, it's the original Hans Christian Andersen version yes, of The, the original. Yes, the original.
1: And I think that's very interesting about the political undertones. But even without that, yeah. even if you remove that, oh, yeah. there's other threads about gender and, and love and what women have, throughout history, have been forced to give up for home and family and mm-hmm. quote-unquote love and mm-hmm. are expected to mm-hmm. by society. Mm-hmm. So there's things to appreciate there, we, yeah. even without uh, that political. But I, I think that's very interesting, and I think it it works very well yeah, within no, the movie.
0: And we've talked a little bit about because uh, we've brought this film into at least one the sisters podcast. Or oh, yeah. at least one other, and it is an incredibly sort of tragic look at what adolescent women are are asked to give up. And what I think is interesting in this, at one point, Golden sings a song to her sister who is the one who may or may not turn into sea foam. And the whole point of the song is you can walk out of this. You yeah. sign you are responsible. I like that. I yeah. like that. It's that like, yeah, there's pressure on you, but you don't have to do this. You can choose just to be who you are.
1: And I think just from the fact that it is the original Little Mermaid, and then you start thinking about what Disney did to uh, it. And then uh, and then it can all it can sort of come full circle in what A lot of these, we like to call them romance porn movies, kind of sell to adolescent girls. You know, a certain fantasy Mm -hmm. of how they expect love and relationships to be and how they're expected to conform in them. Mm -hmm. Um, You can get into that conversation as well. But I, I love the fact that it is the original Little Mermaid, which is so much darker than you know, we enjoyed the Disney version when we, you know, less, I think. And when our son was was Play-o. little. We played it a lot, but uh, the original version is so much darker.
0: It is. I liked so much about this movie, and, and I loved, I did love the whole sort of Bowie esque kind of glam oh, to yeah. it. I loved that it was almost, it was so immatureish, and yet they were trying so hard to be glam and strippery and, cosmopolitan and I just I I think it had the weirdest most interesting vibe the whole film did
1: yeah it has a really interesting vibe because one of the we we've talked before about many times in foreign films you'll hear American uh, English language uh, songs and one of maybe the second song that they do is Donna Summer's I Feel Love mm-hmm. in with the actual American yeah. lyrics. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the only American one they sing, though. I
0: think you might be right.
1: But uh, all the rest of the tunes have a very Abba-ish kind of yeah. pixie dust to them. The ones that they them. sing in the, yeah. in the club. In the club, But yeah. then
0: there are a couple songs, there are a handful of songs throughout, that are basically siren songs. Yes. And that's my favorite one, is at the very opening, when they are still in the water, you mm-hmm. know. Come, give us a hand, we won't eat you. Eat you, eat you, <laughs> eat you! I love that song. I love the opening. The whole opening yeah. in this movie is awesome.
1: Yeah, and the uh, the uh, it's the first musical to come out of Poland, which is amazing. That is amazing. That it took. Uh, I, what I, a I,
0: weird musical to hang your hat on. I there, it's our first musical. It's this vampire mermaid thing.
1: And right. uh, the we've actually seen. A couple of mermaid. Well, one specifically Very that we recently. wanted to mention. It, what's not really a horror movie. No. Um, but it, it's a movie called "Blew My Mind," yeah. which is much more of a a straight up metaphor for womanhood. Yeah, like much, uh, much like uh, Ginger Snaps yeah. is with the werewolf curse. Yes. This is a, a young woman getting a mermaid
0: curse. Exactly, and uh, it was um it was a really well made, interesting, jarring. Weird little film. It is. And I liked it a lot. It
1: is. And we saw, do we see it on Shudder?
0: Yeah. It's on Shudder yeah, right so now. So it's, it's available. To, it's a terrible title. Blew my mind. Yeah. It's a foreign language film. I had to think it's just a bad title. It's, it's blue
1: as the color blue. Yes. Blew my mind. But yeah, it's on Shudder, although I wouldn't really call it a horror movie. No. But, uh, but it might be worth checking out. Uh, There's another, an old especially one Especially since called, we're talking yeah, mermaids.
0: She Creature, which is also a mermaid horror film. Just It's a bad one. Just FYI.
1: But this one um, has, this one, the lure. Uh, with the two sisters, uh, a a couple of quite impressive mermaid tails. Yes. And they, uh, I guess they weighed over 50 pounds, and they were over six feet long. Just the tails. Yeah,
0: They do, do, though. They look very long uh, in the couple of scenes where you see them, uh, you know, head to to fin. They're impressive.
1: (laughs) They are. They are impressive. And this, yeah, this is a movie that is... um, well, again, I'm going to be very interested to talk to people after, <laughs> the, uh, after the movie because it's one that's going to get mixed reactions. But I expect a lot of positive reactions, mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. and I'm glad we're showing it tonight. And by the way, we had a couple of people ask uh, in happy hour, so I did want to pass on that we do have the merch um, availability set up for really anything you might want to get with the Fright Club logo. Designed- or the Mad Wolf logo. Yeah, designed by James Garza, that's by the right. way. Shout that's out right. to James. Uh, we've got the whole thing set up on the website, and we've also—I made a post about it on the uh, Facebook page, Mad Wolf Columbus. Or, you know what? As a couple of people have said, they're just going to uh, message, direct message us, on or Twitter. message us on Twitter. Yeah. We'll be happy to send you that link. We've gotten some cool stuff, and you yeah. can basically just get whatever you want to. The logo has already been set up, so there's no sort of logo fee or stitching fee or whatever. Uh, it's all set up and done. So, if you're interested. Uh, we would love to pass that along to you. All right, we've got the lure. We're going to get ready to get musical
0: and mermaidy. Let's head back in there. That's right. That's all you're getting. Because I don't want to spoil a single thing so how, about this movie. How
1: many people have already seen it? Ooh, not that Woo! many. Love that. Love that. So we're not going to say a word. We're going to sneak away and, and talk about it amongst ourselves later for the podcast. But we're going to move right on. That's ready right. To um, number two on our list of sea beast horror from 2006 a monster emerges from the han river and begins attacking people one victim's loving family does what it can to rescue her from its clutches the host You know, it's also amazing to think that that monster is just a guy in a suit. <laughs> no. That no. is a cool and very unique looking monster. Oh, that my God, it looks was so was actually great. designed by the uh, co writer and director who we love, Juno Bong. Juno Bong. Yeah. See
0: everything he's ever done. Do it.
1: Yeah. And actually, the, the father and daughter in this movie were also, they also played father and daughter in Snowpiercer, mm-hmm. his Snowpiercer, which I love. If you haven't yeah. seen Snowpiercer, it's not horror, but oh, man, I love that movie. But one of the highest grossing films in South Korea history and the other little bit of trivia, I think we've mentioned this before, that on the set they nicknamed that monster Steve Busham. That's right. <laughs> okay, kind of throwing shade at Steve on the set, but but I don't it worked. Know. I this, don't know. This is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun movie. In fact, you were just mentioning we were whispering to me that if we haven't Shown this for Fry club, we should show it
0: yeah, I yeah, I think we can uh, we should work this into the twenty uh, twenty lineup, which is already done, but i, I haven 't submitted it yet, so I'll, i can I can move something around and pop that in there because because yeah. it 's a great movie, and because even though I imagine a lot of people have seen it already to see as you can imagine to see that movie on a big screen is just phenomenal i mean there's, it's, it's a great movie. It's incredibly well-written. The family dynamics are simultaneously heartbreaking and yeah. hilarious yeah. Um, in a way that I don't think you always get right from a horror movie, but the effects are crazy good, and so I, I feel like I want to see it on a big screen again.
1: Yeah, and the way that monster moves oh, and yeah. runs, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's so strange but, but effective, mm-hmm. and actually the, the event that they're talking about in the trailer there, that was actually based on a true event in February of 2000. At a U.S. military facility in Seoul, a U.S. military civilian employee disposed of formaldehyde by dumping it into the sewer system. Good thinking. And it caused a bit, yeah, caused a bit of, uh, they actually convicted him in absentia in court because USA, you know, they did not send him over there to stand trial, but uh, they convicted him of, I don't know what the charge would be, like possibly bringing on a mutant creature yeah. in the river. Don't be doing that. No. No, you're right. The, the family dynamics in this add a whole new layer to it which uh, ups the tension and uh, makes it a, a lot more effective than just a, a normal monster movie. But it's effective on that level, too.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it absolutely is. And for me, a lot of times, a lot of times um, uh, international horror films tend to have, a, uh, especially Korean horror films, they have a sense of humor that doesn't always translate particularly mm-hmm. well, at least for me. But that's not the case in this one. I mean, I think it's very funny and very touching mm-hmm. um, and scary, uh, and super cool to look at. So this is really is one of my favorite monster movies ever.
1: All right, so we'll mark it down. Maybe a future Fright Club title could be. to have on here, the could host. Be. Okay, that's number two. We're under the gun here on the clock, so we got to get moving to number one. Of course, you know what it is. It's Sharknado. No, it's not. It's from <laughs> 1975. A killer shark unleashes chaos on a beach community, Jaws. There is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution. It is
0: as if God created the devil and gave him Jaws. You better need a bigger part. None of man's fantasies of evil can compare with the reality of Jaws.
1: What a great, great movie. I mean, it's sometimes it's pointed to with a little bit of disdain because it started the the summer blockbuster that all studios have to have now i guess but man it it's such a great movie anytime it's one of those movies that if i'm flipping channels and it's on i'm putting the remote yeah he's down. not lying i'm it's not on. lying yeah, jaws on. is on i uh, mean yeah it's just it's so great I'm from start you. to finish and, and as- you know
0: i think if there's one lesson to be learned from jaws don't be the mayor from jaws <laughs> live your lives with that as your motto oh my god i'm not gonna be the mayor from jaws not it's that level of asshole. it's still
1: amazing that uh Spielberg was, I believe, 27, <laughs> 27 years old. Fuck that he, guy. He'd only That's dri- <laughs> not fair. That's not even fair. I know. I was still, I think, mowing lawns at 27. But uh, the way it is, it's constructed and, you know, it, it's funny to think that it's about sea beasts, but the producers, when they first bought the rights to the book, they thought they could, a- you could actually just train sharks <laughs> like you could dolphins. We'll just train sharks to get in there and act like they're eating somebody but not really eat them. <laughs> So then they were quickly informed otherwise, and they had to get on this whole deal of of creating this mechanical shark, which okay, it's very clearly mechanical when it gets to that uh, Robert Shaw scene, but it's still it, it works, and they mixed in uh, at some point they used some real uh, underwater footage with a midget in a cage to make the shark look look uh, bigger but the the genius here is how little of the shark you see until way into the movie. you' know, you see a fin you know, and then by the time it gets to that. Come down here and chum some of this shit, and the and the shark jumps out. Oh my God, that was such a, a huge moment because you finally got a really good look at it. It just amped up the uh, the scares because you were you're waiting. You want to see it. You want to see it, and you finally get that terrible shot. You know, right in its mouth.
0: Well, also, I think uh, there's probably no score in cinematic oh, history as man. effective as that one. And there are some great scores. I mean, the you know. The Shining has a great score, and uh, Psycho has a great. I mean, there are so many, but nothing like this. Well, all you got re- it really here just,
1: is two notes.
0: Yeah, That's and it. then you're just like, uh, "It's yeah. coming!" Oh my God. <laughs> you're looking around. Yeah, and I had never seen this on the big screen until I think it was last year, because Gateway Film Center shows it every Fourth of July. And we, I've seen it three hundred thousand times because he doesn't ever not watch it if it's on TV and it's on a lot. But I'd never seen it on a big screen, yeah. so we came and watched it here, and it is an incredibly effective film to as, still to see on a big screen. As I've
1: said before, I remember seeing it the day it opened in theaters because my family and I had seen them filming it. We were on vacation in Martha's Vineyard when they were filming it, and I mean not right down the street, but we saw the scaffold out in the in the water and then all the people in, the, in running around on the crew wearing Jaws T shirts. So we wanted to be there uh, to see it. And I, I've told the story before about how the guy's popcorn landed on my head on mm-hmm. uh, that scene where the guy's head rolls out of the boat, and you know the crowd was just was just terrified. And then you have the, the also the personal story of the the at the beginning on the beach of the woman's hand is a friend of your sister's.
0: Yeah, my sister Joy works with the hand. <laughs> she she worked she worked for a, at, at an art gallery in Boston for a long time, and, and one of her colleagues and she has a, she has a framed photo of the other side of the shot where Spielberg is behind her, and they didn't tell her that they were going to put crabs on her hand they didn't tell her so she's down in this ditch down in this gut you know she's like this just screaming and you can see Spielberg laughing at her because nobody told her that she wasn't allowed to move her hand but there was going to be some crabs on it it's a great picture
1: yeah and it's a case where you know oceanographers will tell you that it it really exploited so many myths about how sharks really are and that's probably true but man it, it did it in such an effective way to make a villain you know, to yeah. make a terrifying Bruce. monster. Bruce yeah. is what they called the mechanical shark. Yeah. Uh, to make this terrifying monster. And it's one of the greatest cases, I think, of improving on a book. Because if you've read the book, Jaws, you know how really lame the ending have is. Have you
0: read the book, Jaws? I have. Have you read six or seven different books about the making of the I movie, have. Jaws? Have you?
1: And uh, they improved, <laughs> yeah they they improved the ending with that. Again, maybe not based on reality with the blowing up of the tanks, but it's super cool. I it's love that. Such it's such a, a super ending, cool no. it's, ending. It's,
0: it's, yeah, you don't want to see him just sort of die of heart failure. You want to see them blow the fucker up. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Another reason why it couldn't be anything else at number one of our CBs. But Jaws from 1975. Uh, so that does it. We've just a couple of, got a couple of minutes to get out of here and see and sing along with the lure. We did bring the okay, sing along version, you're right? In Polish,
0: so I'm not sure if you're going to sing along, but you'll enjoy them. I'm
1: going to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we thank everybody for coming, and once again, put it on the calendar for June 12th. Yep. The dead don't die <laughs> premiere right here at Fright Club Live, uh, Gateway Film Center. Again, check, uh, you can check Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook, the event page. You can always find us uh, on Twitter. This podcast is at Fright Club Pod. Get in touch. You want to argue with us about any of these movies, that's great. You can always hit us up at Fright Club Pod. Besides Fright Club Live, we've got another uh, Fright Club studio version in between that, right? We
0: do, and you know what we're going to do? This is what we're going to do for Mother's Day weekend. I'm not making this up. This is what I want to do. The gateway to hell, I don't know if you know this, is behind a Tim Hortons uh, here in Columbus. I'm not Google it. I'm not making it up. So we're going to go to the Gateway to Hell, and then um, Daniel recommended we do a podcast on the Gateway to Hell movies. So it's a field trip, and then we're going to do a podcast on it, and that'll be the next one that's in the studio.
1: See, that's what she wants to do for Mother's Day. <laughs> Whether or not we're going to take my mom, um, I don't totally know taking his mom. about that, but uh, <laughs> we shall see. It's all right. <laughs> I'm love me, Ma. I'm joking. Oh, now you've turned the crowd against you. See what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming. We're going to see the lure here in just a few minutes. And until next time, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Hey, Fright my friends.